the word if is huge. The word if basically says, she's saying if, it's an if-then statement, right? If you were here, then he wouldn't be dead, right? If this, then that result, right? Does that make sense? Get this, get this. Mary wasn't questioning God's power. She was questioning his presence. Hey, welcome to Night Church, the Friday evening service of Praxis, the young adult ministry of the Loma Linda University Church. You're going to be hearing some great sermons, testimonies on this podcast that are going to encourage and deepen your faith. We are so excited that you're here, and I hope you enjoy this sermon, and so much so that you share it with someone that you love. Welcome. What's good, Praxis? What's good? Is my mic working? Happy Sabbath. Happy Sabbath. Sabbath. Phil, I do not deserve that introduction. Thanks for throwing me under the bus there. But uh, it's good to be here tonight with you guys. Uh, How many of you guys have been here the past couple weeks? Do you guys? I promise tonight I'm not doing announcements. So um, bear with me. so I just want to kind of jump on the train of, you know, um, sh- sharing who I, who I felt like Jesus was to me. So you guys cool with that? Just to start things off. Um, so uh, about a week ago, I decided to just take an Instagram fast. Um, you guys know sometimes you can get on Instagram, you start scrolling through, you're watching these snowboarding clips, you're watching these basketball highlights, and before you know it, the day's over, you haven't done anything, right? <laughs> so I hit up my boy, Shion. Uh, you saw him up here earlier. I was like, hey, bro, hold me accountable this week. Text me, do whatever. And uh, he was faithful, and he checked in on me, and uh, I'm so thankful that he did. Uh, and that was Jesus to me this week. Um, so thank you, brother. Uh, I want to, uh, tonight's topic is, is, uh, is a tough topic. Tonight's topic is entitled, God, I'm suffering. Where are you? And um, I'm excited to get into it tonight. I think it'll be I think it'll be beneficial. And so I just want to invite you guys to remain seated. I'm going to, I'm going to kneel and pray. Heavenly Father, God, thank you for this day. Thank you for the gift of life. Thank you for the Sabbath, the day that we get to come together and worship you. Uh, Lord, I just pray that you would be with us here now, that your Holy Spirit would be poured out into this room, that hearts would be open, eyes would be open, and ears would be open. Preach to us tonight, God. Um, I pray that chains may, may be loose tonight. And I pray that you hide me behind your cross. I'm an unworthy man to be up here. But God, I pray that you speak through me. We love you, Lord, and we thank you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. So I grew up um, really close to my family. As Phil said, my family, so I'll just, I'll just explain. So my mom is white. That's the easy part. Okay, my mom is white and uh, uh, from America. And uh, my dad is actually... East Indian, but he's from Jamaica. So I have this Indian, Caribbean, American fusion that I grew up with. Um, if you have questions about that, if you're concerned, come and talk to me after the sermon, and uh, we can answer all your questions. But it is what it is. This is, what, this is who I am. Um, and uh, shout out to all the Jamaicans here. Where are you guys at? Okay, there's a couple of you guys kind of far from home. Uh, but nonetheless, I grew up um, with a really close family. Uh, my aunts lived down the street, and we'd always be over there eating food, hanging out. And uh, 
When I was in elementary school, my grandmother actually got sick. And uh, so my, my, um, my grandparents in our culture, when the elderly get sick and stuff like that, you take them into your home and you take care of them. And so my grandparents moved from Jamaica to America and they moved in with my aunts down the street. And so I was always over their house, me and my sisters. And uh, I just remember I was super close to my grandfather. Uh, I remember my mom would pick me up from school when she'd been taking him on to his like medical appointments and stuff. And she'd pick me up and he'd be in the car and we'd be chatting it up. And I'd follow him around the neighborhood as he talked to like different neighbors. Um, I remember sitting at his feet, hearing his life lessons, telling me all his life stories. I looked up to him. He was someone that was close to me. And uh, I remember the time where um, that was challenged. It was, uh, I was in high school at that time. And uh, my mom had picked me up from, from basketball practice. And we were on the way home, and she got a phone call. And the phone call basically was uh, along the lines of, uh, you know, Grandpa is headed to the hospital, and it's not looking good. And I remember, you know, going home, changing, and then heading straight to the hospital. And I walked into the emergency department to see my grandfather in the hospital bed with a breathing machine helping him stay alive. And I just remember just breaking down, tears flowing down my cheeks, because I had never experienced someone that close to me dying or being gone or being in that situation. So my grandfather would actually go on to, to pass away that, later that summer, you know, a few weeks later. And that summer was probably the most challenging summer of my life because someone in my inner circle, someone I saw every day, someone I looked up to was gone. I don't know um, about you guys, but suffer, suffering is something we all go through. This was one of my experiences. What is yours? Maybe you also lost someone you love. Maybe you're going through a breakup. Maybe you just got diagnosed with an illness. Maybe you're wrestling with mental health. Maybe you're suffering from a parent's divorce. The list goes on and on and on. Whatever it is, we can all relate and that we've had experiences of suffering. And sometimes the biggest question we have is, where are you, God? Tonight, I want to dive into uh, scripture and see if we can find some answers. So everyone, grab out your little Apple apps or whatever, your iPhone apps for the Bible. Turn to John, unless they pull up on the screen, either way. John eleven twenty eight 28 through 35. John 11:28 through 35. And I'm going to give you guys some context for this story, okay? So this story uh, involves a few people. It involves a family and Jesus. Now, this family uh, had one brother and two sisters. The brother's name is Lazarus, and the sisters are Martha and Mary. This family was super close to Jesus. This would have been like, you know, a family in his inner circle. And to give you an example, this is like, you know that one family you have where you, you, you're not just friends with that one individual, you're friends with the brother, you're friends with the sister, mom, dad, grandma, grandpa. You know what I'm talking about? The kind of family that you pull up to their house and you know you got a place to stay, you know you got a uh, hot food on the table, uh, kind of like a second family, so to speak. This was that family to Jesus. Does that make sense? So 
basically what happens is Lazarus, the brother, gets sick. And Martha and Mary, close unit, get concerned. But they understand that Jesus is the healer, right? And so they actually send a message to Jesus. They send a messenger to Jesus. And uh, Jesus is probably about a day's journey away on foot from them currently. And they send this message, and the message is something along the lines of, Jesus, Lazarus is sick. Like, essentially, can you help us, right? Your friend is sick, and he looks like he's about to die, right? So Jesus ends up waiting a little bit, and then he heads to Bethany, which is the city where Lazarus is at. And when Jesus gets there, uh, by this time, Lazarus has been dead for four days. Dead for four days. Gone. Okay? And Martha goes out to meet him, meet Jesus, on the outer village there. And then Jesus says, hey, can you send Mary out? So Martha goes, and uh, this is where we kind of pick up the story where Martha interacts with Mary. Okay? It says in John eleven twenty eight 25 it says this. When she had said this, she went and called her sister, Mary, saying in private, the teacher is here and is calling for you. And when she heard it, she rose quickly and went to him. Now Jesus had not yet come into the village, but was still in the place where Martha had met him. When the Jews who were with her in the house, consoling her, saw Mary rise quickly and go out, they followed her. One second. Supposing that she was going to the tomb to weep there. Now when Mary came to where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet saying to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who had come with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in his spirit and greatly troubled. And he said, where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. And this is the shortest verse in the Bible, and it says, Jesus wept. Something I noticed in this text is that people who are suffering are the close, people that the people that are suffering in this text are the closest to Jesus. The story is evidence that in life, when you are committed to God, you can and will experience suffering. In fact, Jesus himself says, In this world, you will have trials. Often we get this wrong, especially as new believers. We ride the mountaintop experience, thinking we, can drop, we can't drop low, but we forget that bad things happen to the just and the unjust. The Christian journey is not void of challenging experiences. Life itself, whether you believe in Jesus or not, is full of experiences of suffering, and our suffering often leads us to questions. I mean, look at the text, right? What's the first thing Mary says to, to Jesus? What does she say? She's, she says, exactly, thank you, Ezrika. If you were here, my brother would not be dead. There's one key word here that kind of eludes the biggest question Mary has. Do you know what that word is? Anybody have a guess what word is very important in that sentence? If, exactly. The word if is huge. The word if basically says, she's saying if, it's an if-then statement, right? If you were here, then he wouldn't be dead, right? If this, then that result, right? Does that make sense? Get this, get this. Mary wasn't questioning God's power. She was questioning, questioning his presence. I'll say that one more time. 
Mary wasn't questioning God's power. She was questioning his presence. She knows he has the power, but he, hasn't, but he wasn't there for them. He was gone. They had prayed, and now her brother was dead. Like Mary, we all go through challenging experiences in life. Sometimes it feels like God isn't there, and it makes us have questions, even followers of Jesus, and that is okay. I have a friend I was catching up with last week, and the topic of suffering came up, and he was sharing his story with me. And my friend basically lost his father to cancer a few years ago. And his dad to him was one of his best friends. He was a mentor to him, someone he, you know, looked up to, spent lots of time with. Um, and I asked him, I said, what was it like going through that experience? And my friend, honestly, is a man of God, loves Jesus with his whole heart. His whole family does, committed to Jesus. And I said, what was it like going through that experience? And he said, it was tough. He said they prayed and prayed and prayed. They did all the right things, yet God didn't heal his father. He said it made him have questions. He was frustrated with God. And, and the whole time, he never lost faith. He always believed in God. But it forced him to have questions, even someone who was so committed to God. I look at my friend and I say, man, what an authentic faith. Authentic faith. He was willing to ask God the tough questions. It is okay to ask God why and to ask him where he was when your parents were getting divorced or where, where were you when, when I failed that test for the fourth time or when you lost that family member. It's okay to ask questions. You can still be a follower of Jesus and have questions. The reason I emphasize this is because this is where people often walk away. They go through painful experiences and either feel like God isn't there or they feel like their community is not a safe place to ask questions or to work through their suffering. Look at Jesus, though. Look at his example. Look at how he handles this. He doesn't scold Mary at all. He comforts her. The Bible says in Isaiah 1.18, Come and let us reason together. Jesus wants to hear your questions. He wants to listen to your painful experiences. I have a quote I want to read from the book called Desire of Ages. For those of you who don't know, the Desire of Ages, fire. <laughs> fire, okay? It's basically a commentary on the life of Jesus. If you want to check out something, you know, hear something even better, just go read the chapter, okay? But listen to this, listen to this quote. It says, to all who are reaching out to feel the guiding hand of God, the moment of greatest discouragement is the time when divine help is nearest. The moment of greatest discouragement is the moment divine help is nearest. My dad told me a story. I called him up this week and I said, I said Pops, you got any stories of suffering? <laughs> no, I, I kind of did that actually. But uh, no, I just, I called. I kind of did that. <laughs> um, I called my dad up and I said, Dad, like, tell me some stories of when I was a kid. And uh, I was too young to remember this. I don't remember this. But apparently, uh, I got really sick 
and I had a really high fever, wasn't feeling well, and, um, and uh, needed some, like, medication or whatever. And, you know, as my mom was taking care of me, my dad stepped outside to grab some, like, Tylenol or something. And he said when he walked back in, you know, after a few minutes, he walked in, he said the first thing I said to him was, Dad, where were you? I needed you. Crazy, right? Little kid, little kid. Little kid doesn't realize, the young mind doesn't realize that dad was actually there the whole time. You see what I'm saying? My little mind thought dad was gone just for a brief moment when I thought that I needed him most. In reality, he was still there outside getting something to help me. Just like me as a child, when we go through tough times and we don't get answers, or we feel like God isn't there or doesn't care about us, he does. Jesus is not far away. He's close. He showed up for Mary, and he'll show up for you. It may not look or feel the way you want it to. It may not be in the timing that you feel is right, but he is there. Look at verse 33. The Bible says that Jesus saw Mary weeping. And he was deeply moved and his spirit was troubled. It says that he wept. You may read this and think, okay, yeah, he was weeping for Lazarus, right? I mean, he was good friends with Lazarus, right? He was good friends. When your friend dies, you get sad, right? You may think, we may like naturally think that that's probably why he was weeping. Oh, you know, my buddy's dead, right? He just died. But this wasn't why Jesus was weeping because Jesus knew that he could resurrect Lazarus. So that couldn't have been why he was weeping. You see what I'm saying? That that couldn't have been it. It was for Mary's pain and suffering that moved Jesus to tears, to the point where he was feeling her pain. What does it mean to weep? The word for weeping could be also translated as sobbing. So it wasn't this cute little tearjerker cry, you know, like, you know, you're watching a movie and the tears are coming out. You're just wiping them off, the cute little cry. It wasn't that. It was ugly cry. Like, you know what I'm talking about. It's not coming out your nose, tears going down your face, eyes red. You know how like, when you gasp for air, you guys know what I'm talking about? You guys know what I'm talking about? That kind of cry, that's what was going on here. I mean, picture the scene, right? Picture the scene just for a moment. Mary walks up to Jesus, her friend. She falls at his feet. Tears running down her face, hitting the feet of Jesus, covered in dirt. Jesus looks down at her. He reaches out and grabs her and picks her up, and he weeps with her. Jesus is moved by the pain of Mary. He hurts when she hurts. I want to tell you another story um, about me and my dad, okay? Um, My mom's not getting any love tonight. I love you, mom. You're out there. Two stories for dad. I'm just kidding. Um, No, but uh, this one, this one was a story. uh, I was, I don't know how old I was, but I do remember this one clearly. Uh, I was young enough to have all my baby teeth, okay? And that that will make sense in a second. (laughs) So basically, uh, how many of you guys know what camp meeting is? Okay, camp meeting. So for those of you guys who don't know, uh, in Adventism, right, 
Camp meeting is buzzword for like getting a bunch of people together from your state or your conference or your local region. And basically you have like week of prayer, like you do like their sermons and there's food and everyone's hanging out, just chilling. It's actually pretty dope. Like seriously, it's fun. Uh, and so basically my family was there this one, this one year and uh, I have three older sisters and sometimes I would tag along with them like little Matt, just tagging along with his big sisters. And that meant that I would run into, like, their friends, right, their guy friends that were, like, probably twice my size at the time. And obviously, I wanted to play the sports that they were playing. You know what I mean? So they were playing baseball, and uh, they were playing, like, outside this building. I'll never forget it. Uh, There was one kid, probably about, like, 20, like, maybe from here to that light over there, and uh, this bad idea, don't try at home, okay? Uh, basically, he threw up the ball, and he, and he smacked it. And all these, all these kids duck, and this guy doesn't. <laughs> so the ball comes flying down, just beeline, and just smacks me in the mouth. Yes, that's right. And I just go to the ground, and you know that movie scene where someone gets knocked out, and they're looking up? And all they see are these heads around them. You know what I mean? Like, that was legit it, okay? I remember seeing my sisters. I remember um, just seeing random faces, blood all over me, teeth just, like, hanging by a thread, teeth missing. Uh, They were all baby teeth, though. So this is real, real. Uh, Yeah, praise God for that. Praise God for that. (laughs) So, so... So here I am laying in my blood with my teeth hanging out, right? And my dad rolls up and he scoops me up. And my dad does this face when his kids are hurting. His eyes kind of scrunch up, his eyebrows, and you can just tell that he's feeling. He just, you can tell that he's feeling something. And I asked my dad this because I said, Dad, what was going through your head? What, what was going on? Like, what were you feeling? And my dad said, tears came to his eyes because he saw the pain I was going through and he felt every bit of it that I did. Friends, Jesus cares about you like a father cares for a child. Jesus is present in your pain even when you don't feel it. He feels what you feel. I got another quote from uh, Desire of Ages, so bear with me, guys. There's one more coming, too, after this, so just uh, get ready. Check this out. Though he was the Son of God, yet he had taken human nature upon him, and he was moved by human sorrow. His tender, pitying heart is ever awakened to the sympathy by suffering. He weeps with those that weep, and he rejoices with those that rejoice. Come on, guys. I love that he weeps with those that weep and rejoices with those that rejoice. We serve a God that knows what we're going through. He doesn't let us go through our sufferings alone. He suffers with us. If that isn't comforting, I don't know what is. We see... We see, uh, we see from the text that Jesus suffered with Mary, but what about you guys? What about us? What about me? Does Jesus suffer with us today? 
I'm going to read another, another quote, and this will be the last quote from that book, okay? Uh, then you can read the rest of the chapter <laughs> um, from the Zyre of Ages, and it addresses this topic, and it says this, it was not only because of the scene before him that Christ wept. The weight of the grief of all ages was upon him. He saw the terrible effects of the transgression of God's law. He saw that in the history of the world, beginning with the death of Abel, the conflict between good and evil had been unceasing. Looking down the years to come, he saw the suffering and sorrow, tears and death that were to be the lot of men. His heart was pierced with the pain of the human family of all ages and in all lands. The woes of the sinful race were heavy upon his soul, and the fountain of his tears was broken up as he longed to relieve all their distress. His heart was pierced with the pain of all humanity from all ages. Jesus felt the pain of the Jews from the Holocaust. He was with the slaves taken from their families in Africa. He was with the starving families in the Great Depression. He was with the families and the soldiers that lost their lives to 9-11. He's with the orphans. He's with you when your family falls apart. He's with you when you're dealing with mental health issues. Jesus feels the pain of all humanity. In this story, Jesus wasn't just thinking about Mary. He was thinking about you. Jesus feels your pain today, now. I want you to go back to a time when you felt the most pain. Just go back for a second. Go back to that spot. Think about it. And I want you to picture yourself in that place. And I want you to imagine Jesus weeping with you. That's what happened for Mary. And that is what is happening for you in your moments of suffering. I want to end with a story. This is a, so I work in the healthcare field, okay? And um, I, uh, I picked up a chart to see a patient. And the chief complaint was suicidal ideation. And I pick up the chart, and I walk out the room, and I'm approached by a man, and he says, all he says, he had this look of concern on his face, and he says, can you please help us? Can you help my son? And I said, don't worry, he's in good hands, I'll take care of him, and uh, just give me a moment with him alone. Just give me a moment. So I walk into this room, and I see a boy in a green gown with a stern look on his face. He looks ice cold, just staring. So I pull up a chair next to him, and I said, hey, man, what brought you to the hospital today? And he just straight up said, he's like, I want to kill myself. So I said, and we, honestly, we deal with this like daily. This is like real, this is real talk. This is real life. This is daily going on. And uh, so I said, I said, why is that? Talk to me. Tell me about it. He said, well, there's no point in living because my mom hates me. She's always cursing at me, always yelling at me. I go to school. I feel alone. I get bullied. I'm into drugs. This is a boy. He's doing cocaine. He's doing meth. 
He's drinking alcohol. And he says, what's the point? I want it to be over. At that moment, I realized, I said, this kid is suffering. He's suffering. And so I then asked him, I said, do you have a faith background? It's kind of a question I like to ask people just to see, right? And he says, no. And then he goes, well, I used to be a Christian, but God doesn't care about me. God wasn't there when, when that stuff happened at school. I feel like God just isn't there. So I stopped believing in him. And I realized that this kid had a similar question to Mary. God, where were you? Where were you when Lazarus was sick? Right? This boy had a similar question. God, where were you? And so I said, do you mind if I just read you something from the Bible and share something with you? And he nodded his head yes. So I whipped out my Bible app, and I went to Isaiah chapter 53. And in Isaiah chapter 53, it describes Jesus as a man of sorrows, one who is acquainted with grief. And I began to tell this boy that Jesus felt everything that he felt. And in those moments where he felt alone, Jesus felt alone. In the moments where his family was falling apart, Jesus felt that too. And he was there the entire time. Tears began to roll down his cheeks. Tears, I'm not lying, this is facts, true story. Tears rolling down his cheeks. And I told that boy, I said, knowing what you know now, do you want to give Jesus another chance? And that boy said yes. And in that hospital bed, in that green gown, the boy that wanted to kill himself gave his heart to Jesus. What is your story tonight? Everyone's story looks different. Some people have gone through some extremely challenging experiences. Others of us have gone through what seems like minor. But that doesn't matter tonight. Whether it's big or small, the point is Jesus is with you and he feels what you feel. If you're, I want to do something special tonight. If you're going through something painful or if you know someone who's going through something painful or a challenging experience, I want to invite you guys to come forward. I want to pray, we want to pray with you guys. I want to invite the prayer team to come up. Prayer team team. If anyone here tonight wants to just have their have a special prayer, if you know someone that's suffering, it doesn't have to be you, but if you know someone that is going through something, you want them to be lifted up, then come forward. The second challenge I have tonight, or the second question I have is, is there anyone here tonight like that boy? Is there anyone here tonight that has been struggling, struggling with, 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 with suffering, with human suffering and challenging experiences? Is there anyone here tonight that has had bad things happen and you've got questions? And some of those questions maybe have pushed you away from God. I don't know. But tonight, 
like that boy, I want to offer an opportunity to you to either be baptized or rebaptized. And if that is you, I want you to go to that corner over there and grab Phil. We want to work with you. We want to get you what you need. We want to be your community. And the last challenge I have tonight is this. Some of you tonight maybe can't relate. I mean, I feel like everyone can at some point, right? But for the majority of a lot of us, our lives have been pain-free. You know, we go through some challenging times here and there. But my challenge for you tonight is if you're not feeling the suffering right now, don't wait. Don't wait for the challenging experience to give your life to Jesus. Do it now. Do it tonight. I challenge you to lean into him. Honestly, I stand up here today, like not lying. Jesus in my life, relationship with him, has been the absolute best thing that's ever happened to me. Life-changing. All the suffering that I've been through, the small bit that I have, very small bit, worth it. Worth it. And so I challenge you tonight to give your hearts to God. He loves you. He cares for you. And he wants to wrap his arms around you and comfort you through all of your suffering and through all of your pain. Let's pray. Father in heaven, Lord, we thank you for everything you've given us, God. God, we praise you and we thank you that you are a God who weeps with his people when we weep and who rejoices with us when we rejoice. We thank you that you are not a God far away in heaven, but you are a God that comes down to earth and gets dirty with us. God, I want to pray a special prayer tonight for anyone in here that is going through a challenging experience. I don't know what it is, God, but you do, and you feel it. I pray that you wrap your arms around them, God, and you send your Holy Spirit to comfort them. I pray that they walk out of here knowing that you are with them. And I pray for those who are like that boy in that hospital bed. I pray for their hearts, God, that they may be awakened to see you in a new light on this journey, God. And I just pray, God, that your Holy Spirit may be poured out upon us tonight. We give our hearts to you, God. We give our lives to you. And we praise you for everything you will do and for who you are. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Hey, thank you so much for joining us for the Night Church Podcast. We really are excited for where we're going, and you can help us in that mission. There's a few things that you can do. Number one is just stay connected. So if you want to follow up what's going on in the young adult ministry here at Loma Linda University Church, follow us on Instagram at Praxis Ministry. And then the other way to really build from this is to financially contribute. Your donations make such a big impact. And so if you go to lluc.org slash give, you can connect with Praxis Ministry there on a one-time gift or a reoccurring commitment. It makes such a difference. Well, we love you, care for you, and may God bless you richly as you take theory and make it into practice.